Okay, we're going to begin this story. It's called To Inverness and Back, and it's from the early days of ECYB Transport, taken from It's Room Life, Book 3, New Bolingbroke, 1970 to 1984. We had just finished painting our green goddess, a fairly ancient, long nose, 7.5 ton Ford lorry with new second-hand flat bodywork. The lorry came from Glenton's Wonderloaf Bakery in Grimsby, by way of Herbert Epton, the local heavy haulage contractor in our village of New Bolingbroke. Herbert had the contact at Glenton's who told him when any sur surplus bakery vehicles were coming up for sale. They were fairly high mileage but only lightly used having been delivering bread all their lives. They had also been well maintained. All the lorries came with big van bodies and had to be altered if need be. The Green Goddess was the first of several vehicles we bought from Herbert and formed the basis of our initial ECYB lorry fleet. Background information. Carting commercial tyres from tyre retailers to the tyre manufacturers adjudication centres had become the basis of our independent business since I had left the employee of Firestone. Moving boats, ECYB's initial business, had been proved to be altogether too hazardous and fickle to make a serious living. Firestone local boss Fred Popham and I had discussed the whole matter at some length after I had admitted to escaping for the odd day or two to deliver boats to various distant parts of the UK. You can read more about this in other stories from book two. My knowledge of the tyre trade through working for Firestone had introduced me to the problem encountered by all the tyre retailers in the UK in getting commercial tyres with supposed problems back to the official centres set up and paid for by the UK tyre manufacturers working together. There they were examined by engineers from the individual manufacturers on a rotor basis and where necessary raised credits for any manufacturing imperfections. Collecting these tyres from retailers and their subsequent delivery had become the basis of our business. The first vehicle we had purchased was an elderly Volkswagen Transporter pickup which we had fitted with a tow bar. Next we purchased a small lorry from a poultry farm at Swineshead near Boston. A short wheelbase BMC FG, threatening bit cab lorry. A light truck of 5 tonne or so capacity with a flat open body. This was fitted with the same 3 litre 6 cylinder petrol engine as the MGC and really flew along. Not the ideal transport for our needs but it was available and cheap. We added a 16-foot single-axle trailer to this vehicle to give it the capacity for twice-weekly trips delivering complaint tyres to Burton-on-Trent, our local tyre manufacturer's conference depot. We soon outgrew this little lorry and hence the search for something larger. The first Wonderloaf Ford of about 1962 vintage was fitted with the same four-cylinder diesel as was original equipment in the famous Fordson Major tractor series of the late 1950s. A long-stroke, slow-revving engine with bags of pulling power but not much top speed. 
The lorry had a normal type cab and long bonnet. We did not have pots of money available for smart paint jobs, hence the green goddess was lightest green and white, paint we had in stock. The complaint tyre collections had begun within Lincolnshire and initially only took a couple of days a week. Other clients were needed to help pay the bills and we had already begun to deliver goods for John H. Rundle's engineering works based in the village. Their own lorry was engaged on deliveries of really heavy items and we soon became fairly regularly engaged in their smaller deliveries initially using our Volkswagen Transporter pickup. See the story about the bus and the auger. Making up a load. This trip to Inverness was more unusual. John Rundle had happened to mention that they had a complete set of three Cambridge gang rolls for delivery to the blacksmith at Inverness in Scotland, but the amount they could afford to pay for transport would not cover the cost of a lorry on its own. With some applied thought, I asked if they had any other items to go in that direction, and it so happened that their iron foundry was finishing an order of lead sash window weights for a period housing project in Dundee. I had another client in Skegness who made children's slot machine amusements, and managed to add a consignment of their money-in-the-slot bar billiard tables destined for Perth. The three items made a reasonable load for the long distance run without having to bother fit finding a load for the return journey. The three, item, the three items were relatively high value and the bar billiards tables particularly fragile. The lead sash weights went on first, laid flat on the back of the lorry. I then travelled to Skegness to put the bar billiard tables on top and then returned to New Bolingbroke to load the Cambridge rolls in the front behind the cab. All in all, I should think the load exceeded my maximum permitted 4.5 tonnes, but the lorry looked happy once everything was sheeted down and ready for the off. Can you take me with you? I remember distinctly that Saturday morning in Rundle's yard, roping and sheeting the last of the load. John Rundle's father, Jack Senior, was taking a great deal of interest in what I was doing. Readers of Changes to the Town Hall story will recollect that Jack was one of the original management committee of that historical building. Now well retired, he had been instrumental in the expansion of Rundle's during the era of steam. He still retained an active interest in everything going on in the business and after watching me for several minutes he said I've never been to Scotland. Will you take me with you? I was deeply honoured that this wonderful old elderly gentleman who was almost 80 years old had sufficient confidence in me and this gorgeously painted very second-hand lorry to wish to come on the round trip of between seven and eight hundred miles into some seriously wild countryside. I think it was the thought of passing Culloden and Balmoral, Tommin Tool and Blair Gowrie, Edinburgh, Perth and Dundee that, ex that had excited his serious interest. After a few moments I said we would have to speak to his son John, himself in his late fifties. John was quite speechless, but after I had explained that due to promised delivery times and huge distances, I would have to sleep in the lorry, 
while travelling over the top of the Cairngorm Mountains. There would be nowhere convenient to stop, to stop where a bed could be found for the night. I do regret that no way could be found for the old gentleman to accompany me, as he would have seen splendour like nothing he had ever seen before in his whole long life. But the journey was not without difficulty, due to the costings and mileage. I could take no longer than two days, for the journey so stops would not be frequent. Ministry logbooks were still the method of keeping journey records, so timings were a little bit more flexible. Not without incident. Dundee was my first stop with the billiard tables and then I was back in Perth before the end of that first day to deliver the original Georgian pattern lead sash weights at the prescribed building site where some of the huge classic Perth residential buildings were being faithfully restored. A brief stop here to choose my best route to find myself in Inverness by 8am the next morning. I really did stop for the night on top of the Cairngorm Mountains. It was very cold, I remember, and while wrapping, while wrapped in my sleeping bag stretched across the bench seat of the lorry cab, gave due thought to old Jack Rundle and what he would have made of the journey. At daybreak I began the last lap north, allowing sufficient time for the blacksmith at Inverness to open his shop. But fate was to take a hand and not long after I started, one of the diesel injector pipes on the engine broke clean in half just above the injector itself. There was nothing I could do, the engine ran on three cylinders and the remaining now unconnected pipe pumped measured amounts of diesel everywhere except into the engine. These older engines were very simple in design and not sufficient allowance had been made for excessive vibration and different engine speeds between the tractor where the engine was first used and the lorry. From time to time I was to learn these pipes just broke off fairly regularly. Each of the four pipes was totally different in length and shape. They were quite strong in themselves but needed more bracing where their longer lengths passed over the top of the engine. The lorry being an early 1960s model was very basic. It had no sound deadening material in the engine bay or anything else to prevent the very strong smell from the diesel fuel that was being sprayed liberally, liberally all over the entire engine. From the first public telephone box I could find, remember no mobile phones around yet, I phoned ahead and explained my problem. Bit by bit I pressed on and managed to arrive at the blacksmith shop only half an hour or so later than expected. Forewarned, he surveyed the damage and quickly stripped the pipe so that he could braze the two broken ends together. I was even more pleased that old Jack was not with me on that journey as he would have no doubt found that last leg to Inverness worrying to say the least. The trip back home was uneventful. The repair held, uh, a new pipe quickly fixed in place. Unfortunately, old Jack died a few months later. He never did get to Scotland, but perhaps it was best he did not make his first trip to Scotland in a very smelly second-hand lorry with only three cylinders working during its crossing of some of the highest mountains in the land. 
There we are. That's the end of that little story. I hope you enjoyed it. Brought to you by Cracker Books. Written and read by Keith Sanders. Now we have some new endings to all our stories and videos. Uh, since Covid became a major part of all our lives, we decided to close our online shop and make all Cracker Books publications free access to anyone and everyone via the internet. So you can download our complete books, audio stories and videos to any device of your choice, when you like, where you like, completely free of charge. Full details are accessible on our new website at www.itsarumlife.com and the spelling is itsarumlife.com. No gaps. There we are. Thank you for listening.